The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. And then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, casting a shadow over them. And from the cloud came a voice. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. And as they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. You may, from time to time in your life, experienced a time of consolation or joy or beauty such that you desperately wanted to hold on to it. You didn't want it to fade, but it did. Sometimes gradually, sometimes quickly. And we would like to, in some way, get it back. But we can't do it. It may have been something quite natural, as God's nature does. And then again, it may have been some moment of God some touch of God. I almost hate to use that word. The mystics use that, the touch of God. Today it simply means God touched me. I had an emotional experience. It was wonderful. I want to hold on to it. And if I can't, then I have no time for God. But the real touch of God is something else. And sometimes it comes in pain and desolation. But in any event, we can't get it back. However hard we might try, we can dispose ourselves through prayer 
and holiness of life. But only God can do it when he wishes in his own time, if he wishes. In some senses, you know, our relation to God is active. But the greatest moments in life, when God comes to us in the most powerful ways, is when we are passive. And we have opened ourselves up to him coming. And as I said, he comes in his own time, in his own way. We can't force it. Our senses can't make it happen. God simply does it. We want to hold on to it when it does. But even that is not in our capacity either. Sometimes God will allow it. But not for very long. We would like to hold on to it so nothing will change. We won't move. Very often when God does that, it's to prepare us for conflict, struggle, and even great suffering, as we see in today's gospel. The second Sunday of Lent is always the gospel of the transfiguration. Our Lord is going to take the three, Peter, James, and John. Peter, the head of the church, James, the first martyr, and John, who will live the longest, the beloved disciple. It takes them, of course, up onto a mountain, quite naturally. Great things happen on mountains. Sinai, for instance, by themselves. And we are told he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, and even his face was like as radiant as the sun. There's no doubt in my mind that he would have always looked that way if he hadn't restrained himself. Because you can't put divinity inside of humanity and not expect it to show. For they, for a moment, really see the God-man as he is the God-man. You can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar without it shining out of it. So for a few moments, they're allowed to see him as he really is. And they also see Moses and Elijah. And they're talking about his passing in Jerusalem, his suffering and death. Moses and Elijah, Moses the law, our Lord fulfills the law. Elijah the prophet, and our Lord completes the prophets. And as the effect he said when he was arrested, but all this is taking place so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. They speak to him of his death. These two are interesting. It would seem as though they didn't die. Well, Moses died, but as the scriptures say, no one knows the grave of Moses. Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind in a chariot. And so the apostles see this. And quite naturally, they want to remain. Wouldn't you? I would. What a wonderful moment. We want it to last for a long time, will last forever, perhaps. As we sang in the opening hymn, "'Tis good Lord to be here, thy glory fills the night." And so Peter says that. Peter, always impetuous. Rabbi, it is good that we are here. He wants to stay, in fact, so much so, he wants to put up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
We were told they hardly knew what they were saying because they were so terrified. And then comes the cloud. The cloud means, of course, there's going to be a vision of God. And the, the, the words, notice, are words from the baptism. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. In other words, don't speak, just listen. This is a passive moment. You're simply supposed, supposed to witness and to, and to realize. This is supposed to strengthen you for another moment. This is supposed to give you the courage to face what is to come. The courage to, to realize what Moses and Elijah were talking about. You are not here simply to be active. You are here to come to realize. And then notice what it says. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone. But only Jesus. Imagine, only Jesus. No longer transfigured. He's just there with them. They've had their brief moment. They must now go down from that mountain and climb another one, Calvary, in order to complete and fulfill what he has come to do. They won't be there for that one, except for the beloved disciple. So they come down from the mountain, and our Lord tells them to keep this to themselves until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And, of course, they have no idea what that means, to rise from the dead. And they're confused. Our Lord doesn't explain it to them. They aren't ready for it. So, uh, you and I, then, have come to experience this as we do every time we come here. We have come to the mountain. And our Lord, through the eyes of faith, is transfigured before us. For a few brief moments, we are able to witness his love for us in a way that we cannot do otherwise. His sacrifice will become present on this altar. In his risen body and blood, he will come before us with his face as radiant as the sun and his clothes as white as snow through the eyes of faith. We then are called to be transformed by what we have received here. And I can say it again and again and again. Unless we have been here, we are not prepared to go out to do what God has called us to do. We're given this moment of beauty, of joy, of consolation. For that reason, to strengthen us for what we are about to experience when we leave. When we go down from the mountain. We will be different people when we leave here. Because we have seen more than Peter, James, and John. We have seen the risen Lord, and if we are prepared in the state of grace, we are able to receive him. Uh, Not just a matter of being present and seeing the transfiguration. That transfigured Lord comes into us. So the world has changed. You know, there's a beautiful painting by Rembrandt, I think, of this event. The disciples on the mountain, on the bottom of the mountain, There's a boy with an unclean spirit. And the apostles can't cast it out. So they've got to come down from that mountain to deal with the reality of our lives. With the things that we experience. With the pain and the suffering and all of that. As we do. Uh, But we can do it because we have been here. We can do it because we are transformed and we are transfigured. Not enough for him to do it. He wants to do it to us. And so we can say, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here. Now send me wherever you want me. 
Send me wherever you need me. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, the transfigured by the sacraments, she may be the visible sign of Jesus Christ, especially the Church persecuted. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will respond to the grace of conversion, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, that they may know that they are visible signs of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen from the dead. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have wandered from grace, we pray to the Lord. For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will respond to the grace to follow our Lord in his image, for greater reverence for the witness of marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. And having been to the mountain, they may then come and be visible signs of what they have received. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Amen. And for all of us here, that we may be visible signs of the Mass that we have seen, witnessed, and received, we pray to the Lord. Lord we now join our prayers to those of the Mother of Sorrows as we sing. Amen. 